Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to introduce you to the Union GK Premium. With Premium, you'll get vetted pro players and coaches, interactive breakdown sessions, and exclusive content from top names. Want to try it free for 30 days? Go to unionsports.com slash content slash join. Or download the app free at the Union GK on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me momentarily will be 99 World Cup winner, Suskio Weber. But we got somebody, you know, uh, who's just at the same level of a 99 World Cup winner. We have the one and only assistant coach for the Colorado Rapids, director of goalkeeping. You know him as Core Goalkeeping Academy as well, too. The one and only Sharpie, Chris Sharp. What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I don't, I don't I'm excited think I'm for this, same, man. Same level as Saskia. That's, that's not quite true, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, dude, you got a lot going on. And and, and obviously, in, in goalkeeping circles, people know you very, very well, at, at least here in the United States. I think, uh, you know, you're, you're one of kind of the, the people out there, people, a lot of people rely on um, for information uh, to, to chat it about. And one of the things, that, Sharpie, I've always loved about you is you're so open and honest and willing to give back to the community. Yeah, you know, look, I'm... I'm a big believer in helping, you know, I think if we can develop goalkeeper coaches and which helped obviously develop the young goalkeepers, it's huge. It's only helps the country. And, you know, I'm not a believer in, you know, obviously there's certain things you want to keep in your back pocket, but I think if we can help educate, you know, for us in the positions that we sit, we're a little bit fortunate. If we can help educate people, I think it's, it's fantastic. You know, I think one of the things that it's, it's funny what you said that in regards to like, there's a few things that we want to keep in our back pocket, but I think we're kind of very fortunate as goalkeeper coaches, as goalkeeping educators, that we can be a little bit more free with our content um, than let's say maybe some of the field coaches who might be concerned that sure. tactically this might show some weaknesses or strengths of our team uh, to opposition. Yeah, I think look, there's obviously many ways to do things as a goalkeeper coach and methodologies and philosophies are, are, everyone's got different ideas and different opinions but you know at the end of the day keeping the ball at the back of the net is keeping the ball at the back of the net whether it's you know catching something parrying something obviously techniques and styles can differ here and there and but I, I don't think sharing technical aspects of goalkeeping training is something that we have to be concerned about if I'm being honest with you obviously you know sharing tactical information about the team you're playing for the team that you're coaching for um, is a little bit different but sharing the technical side of things and trying to help people build their own philosophies and their own styles, I think it is very important. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, obviously you've been sharing not only with the Colorado Rapids, but you've been doing some work, uh, you know, with the U S men's national team and in U S soccer and everything like that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that experience? Cause I think some people here might not be familiar that you've been doing some work with that U S soccer. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit lucky. Um, obviously, you know, um, Anthony was the, the, the head coach there for the men's national team. Um, and he asked me to come in and, and join a few things. Um, you know, unfortunately I wasn't able to go cause we were still in, obviously still in season for the gold cup and the, the nation's league, which would have been great. Um, but did the, the camp prior to that against Mexico, um, which was fantastic, very enjoyable. Um, obviously working with Sean, which I know really well and have for a long time. Um, and then the two young boys, Roman and, and Drake uh, from Cincy and, and Miami. Um, were fantastic to see those guys up close and get to know them and build a bit of a relationship with them. But, you know, I hope in the future we can continue uh, um, moving forward. But it's been, yeah, it's, it's been fun and it's, it's, it's exciting, that's for sure. 
I, I think, you know, one of the cool things about that, you know, is that obviously you get to, to share these experiences, not only in regards to the, your own goalkeeping community, your own goal, goalkeeping unit here, but with others as well, too. And I know that when you go into a camp environment, it's not as much about learning as it is about maintaining or, you know, um, identification. But were there some moments where you, there were some teachable moments during those camps? Yeah, very much so. I think we had oh, four days, I think, on the pitch prior to the game. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, everyone was coming off weekend games, all three of the guys had played, um, you know, and Sean was playing the game against Mexico. So, you know, it was a little bit geared towards him and what he needed prior to, um, you know, that game. And, you know, but I think that, you know, anytime you're doing any kind of work, especially for the younger guys, um, there's very much teaching opportunities and teaching moments and thought processes and, you know, just ways of training. And obviously it was both their first time in a camp, which was pretty big for them as well. Um, and, and understanding the environment and, you know, obviously those there's nerves there for them as well. And they're trying to, to get that uh, in a, in a, in check, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think any time that, that we can work and, and obviously share ideas and give them some thoughts, but like you say, in those environments, majority of the time it is just, you know, keeping them ticking over, keeping them fresh, keeping them sharp uh, in preparation for, for what they're about to partake in the game. Yeah. Speaking of partaking in the game, the one and only Suskia Weber is going to be partaking in this game of this podcast now uh, as she joins us here from lovely Woodland Hills, California, going hardcore Hi. with the Angel City. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd change it up. Hey, Chris. Hey, Sass. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Good to see you. We we were we were just talking about uh, how because uh, Sharpie got some time with the men's national team this past year, you know, working the camps and everything with the with the goalkeeping pool and everything. And he was talking about the fact that obviously it's about keeping those goalkeepers sharp. And obviously, Suska, you know, this being in those environments, but there are teachable moments and, and you don't want to detract from that just because you're trying to maintain or just identify goalkeepers, you know, for for the pool. If you see something. No, absolutely. I mean, there's always teachable moments, no matter what level you're at. Um, you're not just there to be a trainer. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Abs absolutely. I mean, and if somebody, somebody that's not a trainer, that's Chris Sharp. That's, that's for sure. I mean, you train goalkeeper. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, but I mean, as in you do, you do a lot of coaching because you're not obvi obviously just involved with the first team, but you're also doing a lot of the stuff at the grassroots level with the Academy. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, obviously the MLS Next Pro, uh, we've got the Rappers 2 in there now, which I have uh, full-time help, which is fantastic. Um, and then Brandon, who does the MLS Next Pro, is also the academy goalkeeper coach along with myself. So, you know, I think just for me, we have the youth club underneath that too and that pipeline that comes from literally our U8 all the way through the first team. Um, in fact, we were just discussing this in the last week, but, you know, we have a, a, a pretty secure pipeline from the youth club, the young kids all the way through to the first team as far as the boys' side is concerned. And obviously the girls' side, we have the WPSL team that plays across the summer. So there is there is good uh, moments for, for everybody on both sides, boys and girls. Um, but, yeah, just obviously when we get them in the, in the academy, you know, now it's U12, um, just trying to begin that process of getting them used to the environments that they're in and the expectations that we set um, of now really fending for yourself and, and not relying on mum and dad as much as they used to and trying to grow them up a little bit. And, you know, they're now we've got online school and they're in here full time from U16 and, you know, they're just a lot to process. Um, and obviously now with the MLS next rules changing and the homegrown rules changing, we'll be able to bring in players and goalkeepers from outside the state. 
um, you know, boys that are moving here on their own, away from their yeah. parents, which is fantastic, I think. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really now just a holistic approach from top to bottom, and you know, obviously my primary job is with the first team and, and the academy, but making sure that it's a smooth transition all the way through. I mean, I think that's just that's just so important in regards to like having that smooth transition. You know, Suski, obviously, you know, you've been involved, you know, environments, the collegiate environment, and then obviously the youth environment, and obviously the professional environment, and everything like that. And that, you know, you even just you know yourself, you know, you've seen like in NWSL in regards to during the Challenge Cup recently how important it is to be able to have that transition from first team goalkeeper to a lack of better term, a reserve goalkeeper or a world cup, you know, uh, um, a reserve goalkeeper um, to be able to step in and play. Um, Obviously there is no reserve league yet in NWSL, um, but it is kind of the challenge cup is almost kind of that type of opportunity. You want to set up that, that system where that there is no major transition that like, you know, I always say it's your one, your one and a half, whatever you want to call it. But you know, you don't want a drop in level. You don't want to drop in philosophy or anything. And, and a lot of the, you know, most of the goalkeeper coaches in the league have just prided themselves on the fact that they have such deep goalkeeping cores. And we've seen that in the challenge cup, especially. And when you look at um, like Angelina Anderson, let's say she was third, for Angel City stepped in in the Portland game. And now, look, she's being talked about by everybody. We have an expansion draft coming up, and she might get picked up by Bay or Utah or even the following year, you know, and, and same with Brittany. So I think that, you know, we've seen Dan Ball. We've seen everybody just pride themselves on on that core. And there should never be a shift. There should never be a, oh, so-and-so's coming in. <laughs> like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and Sharpie, feel free to step in any time. Don't wait for me to ask you a question or anything like that. But um, I, I do want to yeah, ask no, I, you because, you know, go ahead. Oh, I agree. Yep, cool. No, I just said I agree, I agree with Sarah. It doesn't matter if it's a one, two or three. You know, you, you train them in the in the mold to step in at any point in time, whether it's injury or suspension or it's a red card in the game or whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, you, you as a coaching staff, you don't want to skip a beat. As a group, you don't want to skip a beat and you have full confidence in whoever you're putting in. So... Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, Sask brought up in, in, in regards to, you know, yourself, you know, you know, Chris, in regards to with Colorado Rapids is that, you know, even if there's not a, if the, even if there's not a, a, a potential to advance with the first team right there, it is your job to develop these goalkeepers at the academy and at the Rapids too, to be able to move on and move on to that next level, whether it's with the Rapids or not, because ultimately that only makes a, a player if they advance on to another level and let's say they get game time and then in the future you do need a goalkeeper, there's, there's a bigger pool of goalkeepers that you've put an investment in that you could bring back. If your second and third goalkeeper are, are so solid and good, and like I said, you have expansion drafts coming up or even just a trade across the board and you need a field player and you got a great goalkeeper, like that's – you know, that's a commodity. So it behooves you to to develop those keepers to the best of their ability. So either they're with you or you can move them on and get their worth. I mean, we, we just saw that Sharpie just recently with New England Revolution. It looks like one of their goalkeepers is, is moving on to Chelsea right now. You know, they've they've sold two goalkeepers in the last in the mm-hmm. last year. And and that money can be funneled back into. So if you br- yep. you get a, a diamond in your academy and you can sell them on to Europe, you know, that that money could go back into your program. hundred percent. It's a catch 22. If you can find a diamond in the academy, you have and you want to keep them. 
you know, you have them all the way through at that point too. You know, I, I think that for me, guys, <coughs> you know, I look at our core of young kids and obviously right now we've got Adam Boudry at an 06. Abraham, obviously, our 2002 is a first-team goalkeeper. We've got Zach Campagnolo, who's the U.S. U15 number one as an 07. We've got Isaac Nemi, who's an 04 in college, D1. Andrew Cordes is a 03 in college, D1. Like the, the pool we have is very big. And, you know, you see in the summer when they all come back and train now with the Rappers too, we have six or seven goalkeepers in that group that are fantastic. And, you know, you're waiting for one of them, two of them, three of them to, to sprout and spring and, and kind of grab hold of their opportunities, which fortunately for us, two or three of them have. Um, but, yeah, if you, if you can produce them and sell them on and, and, and reinvest that back into the club, it's fantastic. Yeah. Or keep them, if, if that's the club's philosophy, keep them on there and, and it's something you've produced from top to bottom. You know, it goes to show that your work on the on the grass is working. Yeah, and you have to look at it like you brought up a great point. Like you never know as a goalkeeper. Like look at look at Gotham and Smith. I mean, she just mm-hmm. went down. You're coming into the final push, final back end of the season where Gotham is in that running for playoff for everything. And now your second goalkeeper has got to start the rest of the season. I think she's out with I think, I don't want to speculate, but is Achilles. So I think, you know, you they have to be ready to go, period. You know, this is the most important part of the season for Gotham. And now they're, you know, technically they're backup goalkeepers in and there shouldn't be any sort of a hiccup or drop in level. I mean, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things in, in regards to that is that like, we never know what's going to happen with the season. We never know what the, what the success rate's going to be, what the failure rate's going to be, whether, you know, uh, opportunities are going to come up uh, for, for players to, to move on or, or et cetera. And we just need goalkeepers that um, are going to be able to step in and whatever our journey is for that year are going to be, are going to be right for that journey. And kind of speaking into that, you know, I think there's a good transition intended in today's topic, which I think is a fantastic one, Sharpie, which is transitioning, you know, to defending the goal. Um, I know this is a conversation that a lot of people have been having lately in regards to, handling possession to out of possession. Why don't you break down what you mean by this? Maybe for some parents out there who, who don't understand what we are talking about. Yeah, I think, look, it's something we've placed a massive emphasis on uh, at the club, on the goalkeepers in general, from the curriculum for the young kids all the way through the first team. And it's just a literally transition to defend the goal um, in possession, out of possession. You know, obviously every, every team plays differently. Uh, every team has a different idea of building out from the back. Um, and, and everything looks completely different, in my opinion, for, 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 for different teams. Um, but I think for us, it, it, it's, you know, my idea behind it is trying to make these young goalkeepers and the pros as comfortable as they possibly can in positions that they are really uncomfortable in. And, and seeing repetition and, look, transition to goal happens, two or three passes, bang, you're gone. It, it could be a dribble off an opposition player and a shot from distance. It could be one through ball through. You know, a first-time ball through. It could be anything. It could come from any, any. you know, and you've got to deal with defenders in front of you, attackers in front of you. You've been sucked out of position if you're in possession, trying to support, give a supporting angle or whatever it is, and all of a sudden the ball gets turned over. It could be high. It could be too deep. It could be outside the frame of the goal in any moment. Um, but I think a lot of the transition, in my opinion, comes when you are in possession of the ball, more so than it does when you are out of possession of the ball um you know out of possession is usually a ball in behind or something like that where it's a quick ball at the top or through the lines but nowadays with with this idea and thought process of building out from the back is is you know 90 percent of the game that we end up as goalkeepers in positions that we don't want to be in trying to support the group 
um, support the, the person on the ball, try to find the spare player, trying to find the number up scenario, trying to break the first line, whatever it looks like. Um, and it just happens so quickly. So for me, it's just finding the moments in training, uh, especially looking at opposition, um, that we feel and areas we feel they will get into um, that, you know, may become a problem for us as goalkeepers, whether it's between outside backs and centre backs, whether it's between centre backs, if you're playing a back three, whether it's, you know, in and around a six, whatever it looks like. Um, you know, we have, in our mould, we have big athletic centre backs uh, that like to block things and get their bodies in front of things. So a lot of deflections, um, especially in build out from goal kick, you find the centre backs end up close to you. So you're trying to deal with them as well find a little bit of depth and give you some time or close the space down, whatever it looks like, but just trying to train those moments where they are super uncomfortable, can't see things are pulled in positions that they don't want to be pulled in. And I'm also a big believer in a, a, some sort of a distribution action, whether it's to start with or finish with just to pull them into those moments as well. Yeah. I, I just, I just love ab- absolutely everything you were saying right there, you know, and I think it's completely something that Susk and I, you know, have talked about consistently and Susk, I know, <laughs> you know, this is something that, you know, you, we see in NWSL now, especially, a lot of the times, and, and, and sometimes goalkeepers are blamed, uh, for lack of a better term, unfairly, you know, for, for actions that, that are unsuccessful when based on the way that the team is playing and when, how they're asked to play, it's going to put them in un- uncomfortable areas and, and things are going to happen, but you have to be willing to accept that. Right. But you know, you have to train it. And, and the thing is, is if you're the opposing team and you know that doing a high press and putting so-and-so under the goalkeeper under pressure on a back pass nine times out of 10, they're not going to make a successful um, distribution or next pass. Then you're going to change your, your offense and you're going to do that. And so, you know, you want to go in with a team with a goalkeeper that, you know, is confident in bad scenarios um, under pressure, you know, no matter what, because you don't want that to be a tactic of, your opposition. You'd rather have them say, "Listen, if we keep <clears throat> if we keep high pressing Kaylin Sheridan, she's just going to keep breaking our line, and we're going to be, you know, they're going to be in our t- defensive third in a minute." And so we've got to do a low block, and that's what you want. That means you're doing your job as a goalkeeper. But if you're you're constantly making mistake under under pressure, under high pressure, then they're going to be down your throat the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a really yeah. solid point right there, and and and. And talking about that, about that pressure type of thing here, Sharpie, why don't you kind of break down what's going on in, in this uh, in this activity first? Yeah, this was just a, a, an early week, an early part of the week where we didn't have a game. Um, you know, obviously, got my four goalkeepers in there, two young ones and my two experienced guys. But this is just a, a little – obviously, the screen there you can see in the middle, the guys cannot see the ball. I pulled the ball far enough away where they cannot see the ball completely. So it's just a little ball in. You know, obviously asking to look over their shoulder, have a look, little pass out to centre back or six, uh, find a little bit of depth, post the pass, and and I'm very big on honouring things. So obviously the ball comes in from me, the ball goes out to the the opposing goalkeeper, um, but I'm very big on honouring it. So I don't want them coming. So you can see there, if you just freeze it now, Mike, you can just see now. I've just asked them to wait until the ball touches the foot of the goalkeeper they played the ball to before they turn back inside. And it's just being honest a little bit rather than just playing the ball and coming to the next mm-hmm. action. Um, and then, as you can see right here, Will's played the ball and Abe's got he, – he doesn't know. He's got no idea what the space is coming, what space it is. And it's just transfer of weight, keeping, make sure you're keeping nice and balanced, um, nice and low, and then coming into a tight angle shot from me. Um, and, again, obviously honouring the second ball, which is the one underneath the screen. Um, and then coming in tight angle shot for me. And I like the tight angle shot for me doing it off these 
well, I call the cutoff cones, the half cones, because there's a tendency, like when we hit a half volley, as the ball hit on a, a bit of a higher trajectory, the goalkeepers want to come up in their stance in their body and pop up from hips and knees, which obviously kills the, the space around their feet or between their legs. So just trying to keep them nice and low and balanced. Um, and it gives me a variety of, of obviously distribution as well off the off the top of the cones. But here we're just training a transition moment, literally center backs of the screen in, in, in our ideal world um, to just react what they can see in the, the screens at about eight yards from the goal line, really. I, mean, I I love this, and you know, so Scott, I don't I don't know your thoughts right here, but I think this is so realistic to the game. You know, this is going to be, especially if you're playing, you know, tight spaces like this. This is this type of obstruction is going to happen consistently, and you're going to have to be able to make that transition very quickly. No, and I love this, but I also love what uh, Chris said in the sense of being honest. When you play that ball out wide to the other goalkeeper, let's say the six or whatever, like be honest. Don't just play the ball and just go on to. Don't do the drill. Right. So when you see him play the ball out, he's he's waiting, seeing what happens. Then he's going on. Then he's resetting. Then he's got the ball coming from behind the screen and everything. So it's those little things make a big difference um, because that is real. That is the reality of it. You don't you're not just doing the drill. I, I think, too, from this position, guys, is something that I, I spoke a little bit about recently, like the shot that comes in from me on the second angle, too. I tried to position. I'll just just freeze it, Mikey, when it gets to me. Keep, keep going. <clears throat> so now I've tried to position the guy that's hit the ball onto the screen and the person who's received the pass in areas that they may have to parry between, if that makes sense as well. So like it might be if I'm in a position to cut the ball back and there's a forward, you know, in line with the screen, there's a forward on the backside where now the position I'm shooting the ball from, these guys have to think about where they're putting the parry. You know, is it wide mm -hmm. beyond out for a throw in? Is it back in between me and the guy in the screen to keep it this side? might have to go high back over the, the person in the middle. Just putting also them now, I'm asking them to think about when they they can't catch and they have to put a ball in an area that's going to be successful for second balls as well. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, and I think that that is just so massive because the thing is, is that like if, if it's not realistic, then now you're training bad habits and now you're starting to get goalkeepers that are essentially conceptualizing, you know, moments as opposed to, dealing with the reality in front of them. And, and you know, Suska, that, that's something that I, I, I struggle with in regards to when I'm working with foundational goalkeepers is that how much of this do I keep scripted? How much of this do I keep unscripted? Because they are still learning the game and learning how to move within the game. Right. But what you want to do is it's, you play every shot for its like legitimacy. So like what Chris is saying, like you're not just getting a paw up and knocking it down and say, okay, I made the save. It's like, you know, re in reality, where's that ball going? If you can't hold it, where are you pairing it to finish the save, finish the task in front of you, then move on to the next one. And what you find with foundational goalkeepers is a lot is they're, like I said, doing the drill. So they're like, oh, I made the save. But, you know, that you, you didn't finish the save. You didn't you didn't parry it into the right spot. Um, you're just worried about the next shot. And so it's got to be one thing at a time. I mean, I think that that's, that's a really good point right there. I, I think that what I what I've noticed is that, and I see this a lot of times at the younger ages, Chris, and you know I'm, I'm sure you've seen this as well too, is people literally yanking goalkeepers into areas as opposed to letting them explore and get scored on, like let them get yep. scored on as opposed to just force feed them where to be because they're never going to learn how to be able to do it on their own that way. Yeah, I think it's just it's them playing with the comfort levels of where they mm -hmm. want to be. You know, you can see in this picture right now that the the little deflector is on top of the six yard box. 
Um, you know, you've got a couple of mannequins to deal with there. But, you know, we talk about the depth, the height, where do you want to be? Are you more comfortable up close to the reflector? Are you more comfortable three, four yards behind it and give yourself a chance to react? You know, it, it's there's so many in, in like a session like this in front of us, there's so many facets to the actual positioning of the goalkeeper, the different angles of the shot. This, this is just a similar one of what you just saw on the other side. And that's why I put these two together. But now they can see the ball the whole way. So they have a different dynamic now of getting their feet going. They know it's going to hit the deflector. Do they start to go down if they're going to get beat or they try and keep their feet a little bit longer knowing it's going to come off there? Are, are their eyes good enough to see it's going to hit? You know, how high do they come on the shot here on the right-hand side or their left-hand side, our right-hand side if we're looking at it? Um, you know, if they come too far or too close to the the, the shot taker, are they giving themselves left option for the cutback or the the ball back across the box? <clears throat> And each goalkeeper, each goalkeeper is going to be different. So, 100%. you know, some some keepers are better up closer to the deflector, and maybe that's their reaction, and they're like, you know, cats, and and that's great. And others might need a little bit more depth 100%. and give themselves a little bit more time to react. Yeah. And and yeah. each keeper, ha there is no, there's, it's not black and white. Each keeper's yeah. got to find their space. And that's why I, I think I it's a, important for us too, as goalkeeper coaches. Then we must train those individuals. In, in that moment. I, I, there's no point in me. If Will's more comfortable being close to the deflector mm -hmm. and Marco's more comfortable being deeper, there's no point in me trying to train Will like I train Marco. Right. But the philosophies are the same. The ideas are the same. You know, the profile of the goalkeeper is similar, obviously. Um, but their ideals and the way we train them is slightly different. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to bring this up because like yesterday I had a session with a, with a, with a young woman and, you know, she said to me, oh, I thought I'm supposed to drop back in this moment right here. And and this was a, a cutback scenario, right? This was a cutback scenario, and the ball was cut back inside the box. And she's like, but I thought I'm supposed to drop back. I'm like, well, you have to look at it logically. I'm like, if the ball went negative, if the ball goes negative out, yeah, then you're going to drop deep so you have to because you have time to react. But if the ball is coming in closer, you're going to have to come up higher and use – that those reactionary abilities of yourselves to, to cover off that dangerous space. So I think a lot of times, Sharpie, one of the problems that we get, at least, at least with the younger ages is that goalkeepers start trying to do things the same every single time, not recognizing that every picture is different. Every picture is different. No two balls, no two scenarios are ever the same. No two defenders are in the same spot. No two attackers are in the same spot. The ball's not hit the same way. The pace of it, it doesn't matter what it is. There's no two scenarios that are the same. But I think, you know, go back to what Sas said earlier, we have to train these moments. Everything's different. And, and this is, a for me, the transition piece is chaotic. It's a chaotic moment. You're, you're out of position. You're scrambling. You've got to get your feet settled. We talk about, we talk a lot in our sessions about trying to be in the best position, not the perfect position. Right. The perfect position doesn't really exist unless you are planted in the right spot at the right moment, exactly the right time. But the, per, the, the best position you can get to to get your feet settled to get yourself balanced, to give yourself the best chance to make the save, you're going to be out of position sometimes, 100%. You might be too far left, right, too high, too deep, doesn't matter. But I think for them being those comfortable, as they possibly can be in those really chaotic moments and finding the best spots they, they actually can and be balanced and be settled and give them the best opportunities. And, and like you said, everything's different. Everything ebbs and flows in different ways in games and in training sessions. Yeah. And even in, with your with your training session, Mike, like the concept is, OK, maybe I'm supposed to I'm supposed to drop deeper here. But does the, the pace of the ball and does the situation call for that? Like 
dropping deep might you might be behind the play then you might be too late so by the time you get that depth and try to set the balls in the back of the net so you know like sharp said it's it's better to be kind of set and 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 them trying to get into the proper position you know and I and I think that that's something that I see a lot of times when it comes to young goalkeepers in transition sharpie is that they they literally they all of a sudden get in their head and they're like oh I'm supposed to be over there and then by then it's too late type of a thing yeah 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 and I think look it's the pace the ball you know a little girl you just said that if she drops to the line and even though the ball's gone negative if that ball's rolled negatively slowly and she can at least close the space rather than dropping off then brilliant if that ball's if she's on the, it turns on the same line and, and it's you know, cuts across her goal on the same line that she started on because that ball's been zipped in quickly. Brilliant. You know, there, there, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, like I said, different goalkeepers in different methodologies in different moments. But, you know, the outcome, the effectiveness of the movement and the position they take up has to be of the same nature. It has to be effective. I, I love what you just said there in regards to, like, the pace, the pace of the pass, too, because, I, Suske, I didn't even think about that in regards to the coaching points that I made with her yesterday, but that is absolutely so integral. If you have – if the ball's played slower, you have more time to come and steal right. space. Right, so, so, yeah, if the ball's played slower and you can come out and steal space, and now the only thing that – now you've stolen enough space that you've basically – the only thing that the player's seeing is you, you know, then that's great. If you, if you do it from a, like – black and white standpoint okay technically if the ball's out here then i'm supposed to be deeper and you take it that way well no it's the situation it's how slow is the pass if the pass zips in then get in position if it you know if it's slow come out and steal space so it's it's there's so many factors there yeah and i and i you know i like it like even in this activity right here sharpie like you're showcasing kind of the fact that like you might get caught leaning one direction and now you got to improvise and you got to adjust and you got to deal with the moment in front of you as opposed to like, well, I've already overcommitted over here. Um, and I think that's just, you know, really realistic, you know, to, to do it that way. Um, are you are you a massive proponent of always having some sort of obstruction or deflection going on in your activity? It depends on what we're training. I mean, we're, we're, okay. we're trying to train a change just a moment here where we're trying to play. The idealistic is you're playing out from the back. If the ball turns over, then what? You know, and obviously that the we're we're looking at feet as deflections and legs and arms and bodies and whatever else. And you know, this is a goal kick scenario where we played out from the back. You might have played the six or, or a high centre back, for example. But a lot of the times we play out, the centre backs come very narrow very quickly, and they end up right in front of you. And the ball turns over, it's touching a bat and yeah. bang or shot quickly. You know, and you've got to deal with something that's so close to you. Um, again, getting your feet moving, getting balanced. If it goes the opposite direction, pushing off the opposite foot. Um, trying to steer bodies in directions that balls can be maneuvered, like you just see there from Adam. He's just turned his left shoulder. It's hit the middle of the chest. Um, but again, thinking about what they're doing with the ball on the second shot as well. So the area is obviously the player who's played the ball in, which is the, the kit man here, is now in an area for the second ball or the third ball in this case to make sure the goalkeepers are putting parries into good areas or holding on to things or just creating chaos. I think there's one here coming up here with Marco where there's like three shots back to back to back to back. You can see there from from a little reaction off the deflection, you know, nice yeah. and tight, and then he has to react again. And um, the key, and the key is like you said, Chris, is getting your shape, you know, yeah. and everything. Like I think of, okay, think of Earp's save against Spain. Um, that that deflection that ended up going near post, and she God, she maintained her shape and got the kick save on it, and the ball was going far post, you know, and it was just that quick little 
no. um, redirection, but because she still maintained her shape, she was able to get her foot to it. It was, it was, it was a huge save. I mean, no. they lost, but it was a yeah. huge save, but that's exactly the scenario. So keep I your guarantee she's trained it too, Sus. I guarantee Absolutely. she's trained it over and over and over again for that particular moment. Because a lot of goalkeepers that don't, would have gone, right? So they would have. Like, they would have gone and their body weight and everything like that would have gone far post yep. and that little deflection would have gone in near post. Instead, 100%. she was able to maintain her, her positioning, yep. her, yep. her stance. Boom. Yep. Great save. It was a great yep. save. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know, Sharpie, I, I, one thing I'm just thinking about right here is obviously, you know, we're talking about the transition in these tight spaces and, and playing that ball out. I think a lot of the times, one of the biggest problems that we have and, and something that I've tried to work on with goalkeepers over the years is just the comfortability of, of, of spatial awareness of and how being able to transition from a support position high on the field to being able to defend the goal while still in a high area. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's, that's, I think a massive problem is I think a lot of goalkeepers immediately, especially at the foundational ages, they, we lose possession and they just bolt to the goal. They just yep. bolt. To the goal. Yep. Uh, fundamentally the two drills, this one and the other one are based off goal kicks. So they're going to find themselves deeper in these scenarios naturally just because of the phase of play. Obviously, I have a ball being played into them rather than playing the ball out. And again, it's just for working on their feet. And you can see here, I've put down the bottom here, this is a training tidy. Um, you know, I think Adam goes down too early. I think you can see it's going to hit the mannequin on the last one and he, he goes too early. But, you know, I, I think for me, I'm training in these ones, I'm training the moments where we turn over goal kicks. Um, you know, we do a lot where we, we work higher, start on the penalty spot and we... T- do transition from, you know, 30 or 40 yards out. Um, but you can see here, look, Adam drops in to support, takes his, and, and he could probably still stay up a little bit longer, and maybe that left hand becomes more effective for him, you know, rather than goes down. You can see him here, look at his left, his left leg as he starts to go. <clears throat> it comes out from his body here, you know. He's in a good, he's got good depth for me. He's nice and settled when I strike the ball. Um, but he can see here, he's never really shifted to his right. He's just kind of taken off from the same spot he was in. I think if he stays up a little bit longer, the left hand becomes more effective. Um, you know, but again, it's, it's going back to what Sar said about Earth. He, he, he next time he sees this, he's going to want to get his feet going. Mm. You know, he's training these moments. You know, um, and you know, it's, what's amazing is how I wonder how many coaches out there and stuff actually train this. Like, how many of you actually train turning the ball over off a goal kick? <laughs> because right. how many times do we see it happen? And you're right, Mike. Like, all of a sudden it happens, and you see that pause from a goalkeeper they're out of position and the ball's in the back of the net right. as opposed to you have to train. Okay. I've turned the ball over. What's my first reaction? What am I doing? Get my shape, get my positioning and everything like that. And then deal with it where we see that kind of deer in a headlights for a split second. And that's all it takes. And look, we, our philosophy is a club that we, we, you know, our head coach, we want to build out from the back. It's, it's creating opportunities from building out. So if I don't train this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing my job, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great point. Kind of before we move on to some of the game clips and everything like that, I, I want to talk about what, what you were just talking about, you know, Susk with the, with the goal kicks and, you know, Sharpie, you know, talking about like, we don't, we don't train this enough type of thing. I've seen a lot of the times, especially with goalkeepers at the younger ages. And we talk about being able to transition, you know, into the defending the goal, they'll play the ball and they just expect the player to be successful with the possession. And then when they are not successful, they're a step behind because they're already in their mind thinking, okay, I'm a supporting player right now. Wait, we lost the ball. Wait, what happened now? 
Right. That's the deer in the headlights. It's, mm -hmm. you know, if number one, you should be there for support again in case that player, you know, needs to pass it back to you or yeah, there's that missed touch. So you have to have that mentality. You can't just, you can't take a breath. <laughs> No, and, and I think I think that's a, that's a really good point right there, Susskind. I think it's just it's one of those things about like teaching goalkeepers, especially young goalkeepers, to stay in the moment at all times because anything can happen at any moment, right, Sharp? Yeah, and it's, it's, it, it can a hundred percent. And I think too that you know it's not just giving the ball to someone and hoping they can get out of the situation that you give the ball to. It's, it's if I it, you know, for me, the philosophy is when I give you the center back the ball, I'm seeing why I'm giving you the ball. I know where I want you to go with the ball. I'm giving you a the option to come back to me, or I know that I want you to go left back, right back, into the six, into the eight, down the line of the nine, whatever it looks like. Um, <clears throat> but I've seen the numbers up scenario. I'm trying to get you into a numbers up scenario. I'm trying to make your life as easy as possible for the next pass that you're going to make, or whether it's giving it to you to get back to me so I can go somewhere else with the ball, not just giving you the ball and going. My job's done. Thanks very much. Right. Yeah. And which is, I think, I, which I think a, a lot of goalkeeper goalkeepers do, or they did, they just kind of like, you know, get mad. Like I've seen that a lot of times too. Like Seska's like, they just get like, well, it's like, oh, it's your fault. You lost the ball, blah, blah, blah. As opposed to just dealing with the moment type of thing. I, I just see that so much. And I think it's just a lot of young goalkeepers just kind of emulate what they see on TV without understanding the why or the context of why. A well, I think you also have a lot of young goalkeepers that just get frazzled and don't want the ball at their feet. <laughs> like, and they're like, the faster I can get it out from under my feet and put the responsibility onto somebody else. Great. But, you know, that might not be the right pass. That person might have a bad first touch and everything like that. So, you know, you've got to be confident on the ball and know this isn't like a one pass scenario. Like Chris said, it's all right, I'm passing it to so and so because so and so is going to be open here and that'll get us up and, tr you know, change the point. You have to see three steps ahead. You know, and I think, you know, one of the really important things when we're talking about this transition, a lot of young goalkeepers, and Sharpie, I'm sure you probably agree with me on this. When they're looking at a topic like this, they're only looking at goal, you know, actions where it ended up having to be a save by the goalkeeper as opposed to preventative movements. And you go like, this is a great play for you to watch. The shot was off frame or it was mishit or whatever type of a thing. But yeah. look at all the actions that the goalkeeper did here to allow them to be in a position where they were still successful. 100%. I think, too, look, some of the stuff that we that people miss when they look at the goalkeeper is – you know, the, the forward hit the ball over the crossbar or the forward hit the ball wide or we didn't have to make the save or the action. But the spot we're in made him go or her go a little bit wider, made them strike a little bit harder, which puts them higher, you know, or the ball gets played through between – and this is the one I see all the time. The ball gets played between centre-back and outside-back. And the goalkeeper comes out on the angle and, and you know, the, 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 the forward can go shot, a 1v1 or a cross cutback. And the goalkeeper goes flying out. And the, the decisions made for him, the, the right. player just lays it across the box and tap in. But the goalkeeper doesn't go flying out, gets to a spot, holds their ground a little bit, and now makes the forward thick, which may make the defender come a little bit closer to the forward. They're not sure whether they lay the ball off because we yeah. still have the option of closing the, the cut back down. Uh, they're not sure whether to take a touch and take it on at 1v1. By that time, the defender helps us. Or they shoot it first time, which we're in a great spot. So really, we've got three of the three options covered rather than flying out and offering them or making their mind up quickly. And I think... You know, to the naked eye, that goes missed quite a bit where the goalkeepers made such a lovely choice to hold their ground or go to mm. close the space and stop. Um, or they take a touch and they and on the first touch, they go as hard as they can and close the space down. And 
they take a second bad touch and it goes out for a goal kick and they're like, ah, oh, the, the striker should have done better there. You know, we, there's so many moments like that. I think that we as goalkeepers have done such a good job in that moment right. that it's not really alluded to. It's poor, poor forward play. Yeah, or it's, it's bad on the forward. 100%. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that so many times, Mike, is that don't make the decision easy for the forward. Don't give don't give them the answer, you know. And so and even what we always refer back to when Michelle Akers was on the show and she said that she would hate it when a goalkeeper would stand her up in a sense, like come out because they have to make a split section second choice as well. You know, they know your defense is bearing down on them. They 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 only have a split second to make that choice. Am I going to shoot it? Am I going to dribble the goalkeeper? Am I going to slot the bar or what's going to happen? So don't make the, don't answer the question for them, <laughs> like force them to have to make that. And if you make them pick up and, and go uh, like that, then you've got them because either your defense is going to catch up. They're going to shoot the ball into you. They're going to put it wide or anything. And that's, that is, and I call that when I see that in games, I'm like, that is a save. That's that, that was forced by the goalkeeper. They held their ground. They stood the player up. And that's the poor decision is because of what the goalkeeper did. Yeah. I, I think that that's such a great point. Um, so Sharpie, I, I want to get to these clips right here. First off, you know, we're, we're going to look at some of these things from the league's cup. Um, obviously this is you guys against Toluca. Um, these are teams you don't play often, you know, because they're, they're in a, a different league than you. Does that, does that change your scouting? Does that change your tactics and everything? Because you don't know these teams as well. I don't think it changes our scouting. We, we obviously have a job to, to scout these teams you know, to the best degree. Obviously, they played Nashville three days before we played them. We played Nashville first. Um, you know, we watched five games. I, You know, myself and the other coaching staff, we watched five of the games previously in their Liga MX games. Um, you know, we even went back to last year to watch the, the last two games against Club America uh, at these guys. So we had a really good idea about how they wanted to play, who the danger players were. Obviously, it's a fit group of players to look around. They played a very high altitude, higher than what we do here in Colorado. Mm. Um, so we knew we were in for a, you know, they were going to come hard at us. They were going to press us. You know, they had to win the game as we did. Um, you know, so we kind of had an idea really of what, what we were going to see from them. Higher than Colorado is, I think, something yeah. you'll never, ever see again. Like Colorado Springs high. Yeah, like high, high. Like high, high. high, high. Yeah, high, high. Yeah, so there, there was one. Mexico there, City high. Yeah, there was, there was one guy on their team. I think it was Rodriguez, number seven or 11 or whoever it was. He's ability to run at pace for the whole 95 minutes was outrageous. Like it was breathtaking on the sideline to watch him. Um, all right. So let's, let's go into this here. So Yarbrough's got the ball. This is in the 21st minute against Toluca. Um, he mm -hmm. plays the ball out. It's a simple bowl out. Uh, it's a lost possession down the middle. Uh, Yarbrough drops back for depth. And, and this is one of those things where it's like, he's immediate, he's patient, but he's reactive at the same time. Sharpie. He's yeah. not like, you know, like just kind of lollygagging back type of a thing. Um, yep. The ball's kind of swung around after some dribbling by Juan Dominguez and then a shot from distance wide by Robert Morales. That's a save. That's a save in my opinion because he did everything to put himself in a successful place so that the shot goes wide. Yeah, look, I, we, Will and I watch this a lot. We, look, context of the game, I have, I have to throw it in there. We needed to win 2-0 or by two goals. Um, as you said, 21st minute, where it's 0-0 it's at this point. Will sees Danny has a – if you can see it from this spot, there's a – a lot of space on the left side facing Danny and Will can see if Danny just turns out of this, we could be, what you can't see is the three guys for us that are high. Will gets it, trying to force the issue, trying to force the the, the, the play a little bit, sees that Danny could turn out. Danny takes a touch back underneath the pressure. 
Um, if you let the ball run, he probably goes through the gap. But now, if you can see, you know, you can see Will's obviously everything we just worked on. Will's now backtracking to try and find a little bit of depth in there. There's probably not a real concern here for a slotted ball through because there's no one in right. the high in the line to, to go through. So he's thinking shot deflection depth mm -hmm. was his first thought right now, you know. Um, but also, something we train on. Also lucky he didn't shoot right when in turnover. <laughs> you know, but that, that's the, that's the that's the part that we we work on too is that those mm -hmm. loss of you know between the six yard and the and the, and the penalty spot. Stopping, getting your feet right, and yeah. making sure you're giving yourself the best chance. Yeah. I mean, these are just some very good players, man. I was watching like Juan Dominguez, Robert Murray. Uh, these yeah. guys are Dominguez, unbelievable players. quality players. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're going to understand that. You're going to understand this guy can dribble under pressure like that, and that yeah. because of that, that's going to – anything can happen in those moments type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, like you were talking about in regards to like – preventing, you know, preventing those kind of dangerous slotted, you know, through balls and, the, and those sorts of things is so important, Saskia, you know, in these types of moments, because if you allow any sort of space, when you lose the ball in transition, that's in the back of the net. Yeah. And, but you also don't want to bite, you know, so the defensively, what you want to do is just have that, that distance and that space. So number one, he can't shoot from distance on the quick turnover. And number two, that, that's, but the defensive line is where it should be. And there is no option for a slotted ball there. There isn't. And if there is, then you're on it because the, the, the space in between the six and kind of where that slotted ball would come, then you can come for that three ball. So you have to be expecting that as well. So even though you're not like, they might try it, even though nobody's on it, but you all, multiple things going through your head. I got to protect my goal. Number one, if there's a slotted ball, I have to be ready on the jump to come get it. But, um, yeah, it's just good positioning. Todd Hoffer just says, my man, Sharpie. Hello, everyone. Exclamation <laughs> point. Hey, buddy, so, what's up, Hoffer? Hey, uh, Todd. You <laughs> Todd, you owe us an email. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to this uh, this next play right here because this is a very different type of a play. Um, and this is, I think, uh, this, is a, this is late in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Right, Sharpie? Mm -hmm. It's like 90-second minute. Um, yeah. The ball's kind of played out wide on immediate chase to Rosenberry. Um, the first thing I notice right here, Sharpie, is that there's two guys right there. There's two two guys on chase right there on Rosenberry. So he's in, he's in a difficult position uh, right here. He ends up playing that ball uh, out um, around like the 30. Is that Sam Nicholson that has that ball? He yep. tries to kind of pass it. Yep. kind of lost. And then it's Dominguez again who plays that ball out to is that Jesus Angelo? Another ball in right here. And, but we're noticing like Yarbrough's doing everything he can in this moment. Mm -hmm. He's involved in the actions, involved in the actions. He's not overthinking the fact that like when this ball was played kind of wide, starting right here, oh, this guy's now stuck. What 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 do I do here? Instead, he's completely involved in, in the action the whole way. But he's way. not stuck. That's just a horrible pass. I completely okay. disagree with what you said there. Absolutely. Much, he is okay. Not okay. Stuck. Go go back to the okay. start of it. Because he's, I actually, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Not, if, not stuck. It's a bad flick on. Like like okay. Right. Okay. This okay. ball this ball to me, this the pace of this pass is brilliant right there. Yeah. Okay. Because it allows okay. Keegan to get his body facing forward now. And, and now this, the ball okay. that Keegan is playing to Sammy Nick, if Sammy Nick lays this ball off nicely to Moy Bombito, then they're we out. are off to the races. 
Absolutely. Okay. Look at that space he has. If he plays that right Look directly at the play on the Nick, far side of the field. Why is he flicking okay. that? That's that's his mistake. I don't think that I think they beat the first yeah. line, they beat the press. This is a bad pass right here. Yeah. If he passes that yeah. into his feet, then they're out that that side. Yeah. Okay. Look at the look at the other side. Look at the far sideline. And this is yeah. something we, you know, we're trying to get across the fields. If Sammy Nick just just nicely lays that ball off into to Moise's uh path, we're out. And for me, it's a wonderful choice from Will. Because the the pace the pass from Will allowed Keegan to get his body right and face forward. The, I think the choice from Keegan is very good, in my opinion, because he's given Sam a, enough opportunity to play it first time. Yeah. And then I think in, if, if it's in Moy's path, we're off off the races. Yeah, I agree. Now, now, now that I see it again, I see that space that was that Look was open right there. Look at all that space, but it's it's the it's this next pass that screws everybody. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if. So Sharpie, if if let's just say those two Toluca um, players were a little bit further towards the near post right there, then it would be a more of a problematic pass, right? Yeah, if, no? if Keegan's body shape can get facing forward and this pass is still on, it doesn't matter how close the player is. Obviously, okay. if he's all the way on top of Keegan, then obviously that's not the right choice. Um, but I think he's done it in a way where he's allowed – if he'd smacked the pass into Keegs and Keegs had to take the touch and then turn his body, right. I think it would have been in, in, in trouble. Um, yeah. But the pace, the pass still allowed Keegan to get his body right before the ball got to him, which, yeah. I mean, for me – the ball from Keegan to Sammy Nick is brilliant because it allows him to lay it off first time. Yeah, I um, agree. If, if this goes into Moy's and, and then Moy breaks the second line, we are we are gone at this point. Agreed. Okay. Um, this is this is we learn every we learn every time. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, this is this is great. This is great for me because I think you know one of the things, especially for me, is I, I work primarily with with younger goalkeepers. Um, so the things that I'm working on might be let's just say a little bit more foundational so it's, it's right but what you me. don't but what you don't want is for somebody to turn around and say oh you shouldn't have passed that initial pass there that's not true that pass was brilliant it's great yeah you're it's it's the pass by you know the secondary player that that messes everything up and he's got to do better on the ball and they're out got it so so sharpie now the ball's lost here after that yep. ball that, that Sam Nick played. Now, now what's Yarbo's decision? What's he supposed to do? Well, he just got to obviously assess what's in front of him. You know, obviously he's got Keegan still off the picture here, but now he's got, if you freeze it right there, you can see how he's a little bit higher now because he, obviously there's no immediate threat of a through ball, but mm-hmm. he has to be thinking about the two guys that are coming left and right side of the player who's on the ball. I think it's Pedro right now that has the ball at his feet can go either side, you know, and he's got to be in a position where he's got a clear line of sight down the ball. It's not as though that, any of our center backs are in between the ball, the line of sight, and and him. So now he's got a clear line of sight straight down the line of the ball where he can afford to be a little bit higher, close the angle a little bit more, um, as you can see from here. But he chooses the, the player chooses to go back outside. No. So and then the ball's played here. It's a track mm-hmm. position here. Now the chase is on right there. So is there a slight deflection right there? Is that yeah, what happens? It comes off the back of his heel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, again, for me, if you go just click it back a little bit, Mike, okay. like, you know, it, it, it just becomes a little bit of defending. I think Will's in a really good spot to take the shot here. Like he's in a great space. He's nice and balanced. There's a guy plants his left foot. Oh, sorry. His right foot before he strikes it. You know, you can see the defenders covering his left side, the back post. So Will's job is the four yard goal on their side to make sure that he doesn't get beaten there. And hopefully the defender blocks the, the backside of the goal for him. I think we can be a little bit tighter inside too, uh, marking up in the box there. But obviously, then Wheels just you know tracks the ball across and it's a good finish, far post. But he has time yeah, to I take mean, a touch, which is not obviously not what you want in the box either. No, no, but but Will did everything he could in that moment. Yes. You know, I mean, and I think probably Susk would probably agree with that. Is there anything else you see, Susk, here before we move on? 
Oh, you're on mute. No, I think his positioning's great here. The far post is covered. Um, defenders have to be tighter. There's no reason anybody gets two touches on this ball in the box. And then because of positioning was good, it's not too big of a movement. I didn't see the f- finale of that, but um, uh, no. So there's nothing on him and there's nothing on Will. Yeah, I- I'd be pissed at my defense. Sharpie, <laughs> 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 um, how are you doing on time? Because I know you got a flight. Yeah, good, mate. No, 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 not tomorrow. I've, I've got a meeting at 2.30, mate, so I'm flying. So it's all okay. good. Okay, gotcha. All right, so let's move on right here. Uh, this, is, this is against Nashville. Was this game after? The, the Toluca game, or was this before the this Toluca game? Before the Toluca game, yeah. Before the Toluca game, okay. Before, yeah. So 63rd minute, uh, it's a ball out to Danny Wilson. Um, it's kind of played up to midfield. It's kind of lost right here, it looks like. Yeah, right there. And now it's a quick counter, yeah. right? It's Shaq Moore to Randall Leal. And then end line to uh, yeah. Mukhtar, I think, eventually, right? Yeah. Right here, yeah. so... Let, let's just take it back from the pass back here. So um, yeah. I'm not going to say anything because I don't know apparently how to play possession out of the pack. <laughs> um, so let's let's just start with uh, with that play. Where is it? Is it right here? Oh, okay. So right here. Okay, so what's going on first? Whoop. Yeah, I think, again, it's the same thing. He's, he's got the, the centre-back facing forward. Um, it, to be fair, and you look at this in the big picture from above, the ball from the centre-back is absolutely superb. Um, I think the forward just has to do a bit more for us, if I'm being honest with you. Okay. <clears throat> um, but so, th- this ball, for me, from Danny, is a very, very good pass. Uh, it, 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 it goes back behind the 10, or the in there, the, the 8 in the case, this case. It, it undercuts him. And I think the four just has to do a little bit more to, to hold up and be a bit stronger in this moment. Yeah. Sask, anything you want to add here? You're on mute. I'm watching. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, okay. I think I think that's a tough pass. I think that again, I you're picking things that aren't on the keeper in a sense. Like this isn't a ball that was forced into a bad spot by by Danny or anything like that. This was given so your defenders faced up and and the next pass isn't the best pass. You know, you you could have gone shorter into the middle to your six. Um, you know, to try to bypass that line with four number four yellows around you, I think, is a tough pass, and you get the turnover for it. So again, it's a good pass. It's a good initial pass. You're faced up, and you see the entire field in front of you. <laughs> you can't control what everybody does with the ball. No, <laughs> you know, but no, he- you just. He's not giving a pass into a bad situation. He didn't force um, his outside back into a bad situation. It was a bad pass. Again. Uh, no, Susk, you just brought up a really good point in, in regards to that there. It's like most transitions into defending the goal are not going to be because you made a quote-unquote mistake. It's going to be because there was some sort of loss of possession based on the actions that were taking place on, on the field uh, in front of you. Um Sharpie, one of the things I, I hate about television broadcasts is you literally can't see the development of sure. transitions because yeah. they focus on the ball, not on the goalkeeper. Yep, yep. So, so what? What is? So what? Where? You were there. So what happened to Will? Where's Will now? Uh, he's well. I think probably penalty spot ish, give or take. Um, yeah, obviously you can see he, he comes in the screen just here after this pass is played. Boom! Right here. <clears throat> now, yep. So I think for now he's in a good spot. Obviously, mm-hmm. if the ball goes wide, I think it's into Liao. He's in a good spot to look at the uh, to look at the to uh, 
look at the cross that goes across the the um, the box, um, or you know if it's digged in over the top, you can see you just hold this space centrally and a little bit higher. <laughs> yep, just keep going. And or freeze it right there. He's in a spot to, to obviously take the cross. And or if the ball's played a little bit further away from Honey Mukhtar towards him, he can come and close the space down. You know, and then we get into these spaces in here. We talk about it. We work all the time. The cutbacks. You got to protect that that small four yard goal from post and four yards out from here. You know, as he turns in and squares up. You can see he takes yeah. a nice big big uh, big area chunk of the area here. I see, yeah, I see it right. There. I see it right there. Now, question question for you right there is this. Mm -hmm. Is this too close to the near post, or are you comfortable with this right here? I think uh, we had this discussion. Look who's on the ball. This is a guy here that has absolutely smashed balls high near post for the last three years and scored from these angles. So, Will, right now, if, if this is Shaq Moore, if this is Dax McCarty, maybe even Leal in these moments, it's probably a little bit different. But because this player has a – and in our scouting and in watching the, the clips of Hani Mukhtar before we play – if you give him a little bit, he will take a lot. And I think that that's – when we did our review on this and I asked Will, do I think you in, – in my eye, do I think you're a little bit too near? I, I do. I think he could probably be another half a yard maybe to his right. But he – I'm asking these guys to give me answers as to why if I'm putting in, in these situations. And he said to me, look who's on the ball, Sharpie. If I give him a half a yard, there is a likelihood that he is going to smash his high over my left shoulder. You know, so yeah, and also look at the positioning of your I don't know your defender that's coming towards him. So that's in the flow. So he kind of if he slots that ball, there are you know that there's a very narrow space right there. Yeah, so yeah. you know, as well. Yeah. You're you're talking about the defender taking away the side the right yes. side mm -hmm. of Will. Well you have the defender yeah, yeah, you have yeah, the yeah, defender yeah. goal side yeah. on, at the top of the six, but you also have the yeah. near defender that's taken away the yes. slotted ball. Yeah. So there is yeah. only that space. A hundred percent. And in, in this moment, he his only thought was we watched a lot of video about where our defender is close to Honey Mukhtar, absolutely rifle the ball, high near post. And that was the one number one thing that he had in his head at this moment. Nice. Yeah. And then, I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a tough situation. Again, a, yeah. a ball is cut back like that, and it's slotted into such a tight area like mm -hmm. that. There's just mm -hmm. literally only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, in that situation right there. Um, I want to move away because, because of time right now, I, you, you, you kind of showed, you know, shared kind of some final actions right here type of thing. So yeah. now these are kind of like encounter encounter situations. This is a transition moments high up the field. You can see, we've just turned the ball over <coughs> and now it's in the goal. You know, and here's a, here's a situation. I think I talked about earlier, you know, when, when he's got the ball wide in the, that wide area and the clip before here, you know, if you just go back a little bit further, Mikey, he, he, he's, Right here. Yep. Right here. Okay. Yep. Okay. You know, like there's really, he can come to the start coming towards the player here and obviously give him an option, you know, which I see a lot of the young kids do at this moment when that touch is taken towards the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper just comes and the player just goes, yep. Across and a tap. Yeah. You see by Will's Will's position here, it gives our defenders a chance to defend. Yep. And then it allows Will to have options, option one, option two, option three. Right. And we always say that Mike is like allow like if you give some depth here and you don't come, it allows your defenders to recover, <laughs> which is what you want. If you come, you're answering the question for the forward. You're making it easy. That's a great point because there's so much ground to cover right there. Uh -huh, like, yeah. Yeah. If he takes a super long touch directly at you, well, now you have time to steal ground as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then great movement across, nice and big out. And this, I will place. say, we said don't just go, but this, in a sense, this is After. the time you do. Yep. Because what, and I'll say it, young goalkeepers out here, look at when he's traveling to the space. Okay, a lot of goalkeepers make the mistake that they are slow on this. They wait till the ball arrives before they move. And we see that with young goalkeepers. And now you're behind it. The ball's getting passed into the back of the net. He's stealing his space while the ball's in no man's land. And we yeah. tell goalkeepers that all the time. That's when you steal your space. Nobody's going to hit it. Nothing. Get across. And now he's right. When the ball arrives to the shot, he's right on that player's foot. Yeah. This with no time for that guy to react. This no time for that guy. Yep. Yeah. Boom. I mean, these are, these are great. Here's another immediate chase. So it's like, like you're, you're talking about, you know, it's like that, that second ball right here. So shots hit, yeah. cover that ground. Yeah. Balance to get up. You know, he, he did it. Mm -hmm. A lot of young kids will go all the way to the ground here, go all the way down this mm -hmm. side. And be, Will, Will just has the presence of mind to stick his leg and his hand in the ground to go, okay, I've got to get back up on my feet. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be pretty, but it's effective. Yeah. I also like when he got back up on his feet there, he took another step forward. Stop. Yeah. He took like he had that split second to say, "Let me steal a little more space, make myself big," and that that yeah. attributed to that space that save. This, this this clip here to me was this is earlier on in the year, but this was a transition moment. We turned the ball over. We had possession of the ball. We turned the ball over here. Will in the big picture, Will is quite high here because he's looking for the for this. But this guy Brian White takes a touch and hits it quickly, mm -hmm. and Will gets caught moving. And his presence, and he's now to stick his hand up in this moment, but he just had enough balance to hold his feet long enough to allow his arms and his upper body to work a little bit for him. Yeah, I, I noticed that right there. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've got, I've been caught in this situation before, and I've gone too down. I've been too low. Yeah. Well, it's also it's also the quality of a, a striker, and if you know who you're up against, and they have that quick release, you have to yeah. be ready for for that. And we see some strikers in the NWL now be like the one thing that's so great about certain people is like if you say a Smith or something like that is it's that quick release, so it's a touch and a shot, and right. so you'll catch your goalkeepers moving, but he has the presence of mind to kind of get himself at least so he can get a hand to it. Mm -hmm. And these are all just moments. I mean, the one before against Orlando and the shot Perea hit against Marco, we were in possession. We built out, we were in possession. Darren was in the ball, loses it. Touch, touch, touch. Smack from 25 yards going in top corner. It's an absolute hell of a save. Um, but these, again, we're in possession here. This is against Sacramento, I think, in the cup. In possession, transition. Position. Yep. Great spot to stay, you know. Good position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are these are these are these are awesome moments, man. I mean, uh, Sharpie, I really appreciate you putting all those clips together for us. You know, that was really, no really, really, really awesome of you. Um, you know, kind of as as we're kind of wrapping up everything, you know, Sharpie, do you have any advice for any like young goalkeepers who are always caught out of, in transition? Like, what what can they do to start putting themselves in in, in a better place? I don't know if it's about putting themselves in a better place. I think it's about being more comfortable in those uncomfortable positions. You know, we're always going to – goalkeepers are always going to get caught in that position. That's, it's, it's the way the game is evolving right now. It, it's not as black and white like Sar said before. Long ball, squeeze up, in position. You know, different coaches want different things. You know, there's going to be pragmatic times when you're away from home and you want to go long. Great. But there's going to be times when you want – you know, especially at the young ages, I would prefer that we're trying to let these kids be – uh, or make decisions in the moments mm -hmm. they need to make decisions in with the ball at their feet. Um, but the best and the biggest way for us as young coaches and the young goalkeepers is to train these moments. Mm -hmm. There has to be game scenarioed moments in training every day. It can't just be one day a week. Every time you've got your, your, your young kids, every time the young kids are in, 
there has to be these not and it doesn't have to be in transition but these game scenarios where you are pulling goalkeepers into positions that they do not want to be in and you're forcing them to be comfortable or training them to be comfortable in the chaotic uncomfortable moments and, and the more they get comfortable with these positions and the more they see them and the more they balance and the more they're you know uh, feeling depth and, and height and left and right and these north south east west movements behind the, the players in front of them they're going to be way more comfortable in these chaotic moments I, I just love what I just love what you said right there I mean that's that's so again I, I love it when I learn during the show I mean I always learn but like I I some I, I sometimes have moments. I'm like, man. I'm like, I wish I'd thought of that. I never thought about that before. If only I'd thought of that that before I had my session last yesterday or anything like that. Um, Susk, anything you want to add to that? No, I agree. We've talked about it so much. You have to train the chaos. You know, um, it's it's not all pretty. You know, it's not. You know, you you get the pass, pass, pass through ball goal, but you know, ninety percent of goals come from chaos, deflections, turnovers, um, and and you have to train those scenarios. You have to. You know, to be effective, you just got to be effective. Effective goalkeeping. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have nope. to be. It has to be purposeful, and it has to be effective. Keep it out of that. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and speaking of being effective, if you want to learn from uh, from people like Chris Sharp, uh, we have a little bit of an announcement to make. Uh, we're starting to get everything uh, nice and ready for the official launch of of the Union uh, platform, our premium subscription service. Uh, if you guys are not on the free service right now. Uh, this show uh, is only going to be available on the Union starting very, very soon. So if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, anything like that, uh, please make sure that you sign up right now. It's completely free to join our engagement forum. But we're also going to have a premium subscription service where you're going to be able to be mentored for people such as Sharpie. And Sharpie, we're absolutely humbled and honored uh, that you're going to be involved uh, in this process uh, with us. We're really, really excited. Uh, I know there's so much that you can give back. Uh, I know during the pandemic you did some breakdown sessions uh, with Omar Pro GK Academy that were absolutely fantastic so we're just really really humbled and honored that that you'd be willing to, to come on board with us so mate i'm so happy that you guys are doing this like this is this is brilliant i said to you yesterday when we were texting but i mean we need more of this you know and i think for me and for sus people who are in the thick of it every day we're always learning as well absolutely. you know there, there's there's nothing i can't go out and watch my academy coaches or you know they have ideas they have things that, that we don't think of in training sessions and some of these young goalkeeper coaches that I have around me, the way they can connect with the young kids is pretty frightening. Um, and I think for me, it's a different generation of, of humans these days, uh, as we all know. And I think for what you guys are doing as a goalkeeper union and trying to give more young coaches more uh, time in front of opportunities to learn um, and, and craft and hone their own skills and then put it on the field, I think it's only going to benefit goalkeepers in this country. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I think one of the things, too, you know, that we, we talk about is that I think not everyone has access to you, Sharpie. Um, you know, not everybody lives in Colorado, uh, right by the Rapids facility. And, you know, some people might be in rural Iowa, you know, working in a rec program and, you know, or 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 a parent, you know, who's got a young goalkeeper, you know, uh, playing in a in an area that doesn't have a professional academy nearby them. So to be able to have access to somebody like yourself, I think it's just going to open so many doors for people and not only just improve the, the level of goalkeeping in this country um, and, and the world. Uh, Cause we, we just, we just see it that so many people, they only know what they know because of what they're exposed to. hundred percent. You know, yeah. I think the more, you know, I, I think the more, even my colleagues, you know, Phil Weddings, 
Paulie Rogers, the Drew Keyshawns, Aaron Hydes, all these guys that continually help in the educational space, I think it's massive, you know, and, and all, you know, like Dan Ball and all the guys on, on the girls' side too, I think are fantastic. Um, that I've actually made some really good connections with, to be fair, because there's some, you know, a couple of Aussie guys over there on the other side um, as well that are doing it. So I, I think it's fantastic, to be fair. And I think the more we can kind of collectively put this information together for everybody, I think even for, for us, Sas and myself, we're, we're learning, you know, which is great. So, yeah. Uh, well, well, well Suska has to start wrapping up here right now. She's 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 got to go and keep learning uh, and preparing for the for the matches this uh, this weekend. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, if you want to reach out to Suskia, obviously it's at Suskia on the Union platform. If you want a guest suggestion or topic suggestion for us, go to contact inside the 18 mediacom or at Goalkeeper Podcast on the Union. Uh, Sharpie's going to be getting involved on the Union right now, but I think he has a. Uh, a profile on the platform right now that's just just being built but uh, i think your handle is uh, at c dot sharp is that is that right is i that think so is? yes yep yeah Correct. at yep. c dot sharp so uh guys uh that's all the time on inside the 18 and we are out bye guys, bye guys. see you guys, guys. Bye. Bye.